Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? couple weeks we've been talking about the nervous system we've been talking about like practices and things that you can do to kind of neutralize the nervous system if you're if you're needing to be more in like a reactive state like you're already dysregulated and you need to get regulated what are some things that you can do and also what are some things that you can do to prevent even leaving and and getting dysregulated like what are some things that you can do to prevent yourself um, from entering into a state of dysregulation so if you haven't, go back two episodes, listen to the nervous system episode, and then go back and listen to the last episode about like daily preventative practices. And today we're going to talk about, okay, so we're, we become aware that our nervous system is dysregulated and we are beginning to think about what can we put in place both reactively and preventatively to help ourselves get reset in, in a better state. Okay. So we've defined that we've become self-aware. We've come up with some ideas how do we get these things to stick? How do we remember to use these things? Like how, how do we form habits? So I'm going to go through seven things that will help you to form these habits or kind of create systems within your day that really stick better. Here's number one, start really easy. When we're talking about like nervous system regulation, body change, like internal things, a lot of us tend to start too hard. Like for example, beginning of the year, I'm recording this in late January. People are at their new year's resolutions. The problem with a lot of those is they start too hard. Like I want to lose 50 pounds. I want to go to the gym. So I go every day, like start easy, start small and easy is small micro steps. So when I think about, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds. Um, I'm not going to set a goal of like losing 10 pounds in the first month. Or I'm not going to set a goal of going to the gym every day. Like I'm like, okay, start small. Like let's try moving my body three minutes a day for three out of the seven days of the week. Let's try losing like one pound the first week. Or maybe it's not even losing a pound. Maybe it's just like, let's try to cut some of the sugar out of the processed food out. Cause naturally that's going to help me to lose weight. Like something really, really small. Maybe it's not even all. And that's why I say it's another like a big start would be cutting out all processed or sugary foods. No, just cut out one and the next week cut out another and then another and then another. And it becomes a sustainable habit. So start easy. Also think about what natural rhythms already exist where you can take this new practice and tie it to a natural rhythm. So for example, I used to like get up late and make coffee and go down on the computer. Not a great way to start my morning. Now I get up getting up is kind of slow. I don't like to like jump out of bed. I don't think it's natural to jump out of bed. So now I go into making tea 
which goes into journaling, which goes into reading, maybe meditating. So I, I move with the rhythm of the morning and I've instituted a habit that is, I started small and I connected to an already present rhythm. The other thing that you could do is connected to a habit that already exists. Like if you're trying something new, connected to a habit that already exists. Like um, you you have dinner time. Maybe you want to start walking after dinner to help like digest your food and get it to get outside more. No, dinner is something you're going to probably do most nights. So just make sure that you have 5, 10, 15, 30, 60 minutes after dinner to go for a walk. Connect that habit to dinner because you already know you're going to do dinner. So there's three things you can do right there. Start small and easy, connect it to a natural rhythm that already exists in your life or connect it, to, connect it to an existing habit. Number four, put up some environmental reminders or put reminders in your phone to alert you. These, these things are hard to do. Our body just has too much going on. There's too much stimulation in the mind and, and in the world that we can't remember to do these things. So put a like physical reminder somewhere up in your visual um, perception or put a reminder on your phone. Five, this is the one I think a lot of people avoid because they're a little bit uncomfortable with it. Self-talk, positive affirmations. Like, can you put a positive affirmation somewhere? Again, like an environmental reminder, like you can do this, you you know, whatever it is tied to whatever habit you're trying to form and just not like shame slaying yourself, like shame storming yourself. Um, and I'm, I'm notorious for doing this to myself. I have these unwritten rules for myself. So like, for example, trying really hard to get up a little bit earlier, not because I'm like, I need to be a super early morning person. I want to get up before the baby. So I have that time in the morning to journal, to have my tea, to just ease into the morning. Well, if I don't wake up until six or seven, the baby's likely to be up soon. So I'm not going to have much time to kind of ease into the morning. The mornings that I'm really tired and I just don't get up when my alarm goes up or don't wake up that early naturally, I can go into a shame storm of being like, wow, you failed this morning. Like, didn't do it again. Like you're using the excuse of being tired. Well, I, I might've been tired. I might've needed that extra couple hours or hour of rest that morning. Instead, my self-talk could be a reframe, which would be much more powerful, or I can just do a better job of self-talking myself like before I go to sleep or when I get up in the morning or, or redirecting myself to, okay, didn't happen first thing in the morning. So let's do it over lunch. Reframing self-talk affirmations. That's number five. Number six, accountability. It's helpful to do it with someone or a group. Like things just naturally flow better when you're connected to humans who are also doing them or they're holding you accountable. For example, there's this series that we are going through with the church and it's it's about like seven pillars of Christianity. I'm Christian, trying to get closer to my faith, following these seven pillars. Well, it would probably be hard for me to kind of be doing the work in these pillars if I didn't have to go to a group in person every Monday night where we talked about the pillars and how we're doing with them, because I have to go to that group in person and report back and, and, and connect with these humans, which is really beneficial. I'm being held accountable. And therefore these things are becoming habits because I don't want to go to that group and be like, I didn't do anything. I didn't follow through. I, I want them to be proud of me and I want to develop the relationship with them. And I want them to know I take this seriously. So I, I go and I do the work. Number seven, don't forget to celebrate your success. Man, this is one I struggle with. I'm like, all right, experience success, moving on. What's the next target? And I tend to forget or bypass success celebration. And I don't 
it's not a good thing. Like you need to pause and celebrate yourself. You have come so far. And this is something I've been trying myself to do so much better at because it's hard. You just, what's next? What's next? What's next? We're in the society. We're never happy with what we have. We always want more. We always want the next. We always want this and this and this and this. And it's just never really, really the norm. Like, were you raised in an environment where you're taught to celebrate yourself? Like I wasn't. So just, just hard to do. Okay. Let's go through those seven real quick again. Seven tips, tricks, to help habits to stick. Start small and easy. Follow the already or connected to an already natural rhythm in your life. Connected to an existing habit that you formed. Talk about, not talk about, <laughs> you can talk about it, but uh, put up environmental reminders or foam reminders to do this thing. Self-talk, affirmations, accountability in another person or a group. Celebrate your successes. All those things will help you to form these habits to better your nervous system, to better your body, to get a, a better state of being, well-being, and stress management. There's one more thing I want to share with you on this episode, which is I'm just going to start to drop the next couple episodes. Like, what are some things that we can do that are like micro things that help us to improve our health and mind, body? Today's pretty simple, pretty easy. And and as someone who's always had like the desire to journal, but never like I get stuck with it. Like, well, what do I journal about? Or like, how do I do this? So Rangan Chatterjee does this journal or describes this journal as like the brain tap. Basically you just like get some paper or buy a journal or whatever it is. Don't, don't type, don't do it digitally, write it out. And you dump, you brain dump. So a brain tap is like a brain dump, like turn the tap on, let it flow, let it out. So it's just a practice that you do preferably in the morning if you can, but maybe at lunch, maybe at the end of the day, maybe before you go to bed, maybe both three to five minutes three to five minutes max. Just journal out every thought on your mind, everything that's coming to your mind, like get it out. Good, bad, whatever, get it out. If you're like me and you're like, great, I'm going to open up this journal or get this piece of paper and I'm not going to know what to write. I'm going to get stuck. Here's what you can do. You can follow these five like prompts every day. Write about something that's causing you anxiety. Write about something that you're anxious about. Your, your mind is stuck in the future. You're thinking about this thing that hasn't happened yet that might happen. Write it down. Then, number two, write one thing that you can do to prevent it from happening or prepare for it to come. Number three, one way it might not be as bad as you are anxiously envisioning it to be. Number four, reason you know you can handle it because maybe you've handled it before. Number five, try and do like a reframe. Like what's the positive or what's the upside of it? Those are your five. Something that you're anxious about, something that you can do to prevent or prepare it for it. One way it might not be as bad as you think it's going to be. One reason that you know you can handle it, an upside or a reframe. Those are five things that you could do every morning, evening, whenever you're journaling. You could just go through those five, five small prompts that will get you through and that will put you at the three to five minute mark, maybe longer. Okay. Why is that good? Why is this helpful? Why am I asking you to journal? I'm always a person that's like, oh, I just, I want to journal and I have a million journals. And I just don't start it. Well, one, I'm going to make it easier for myself. I'm going to put the journal beside my bed. So I wake up in the morning, it's there. There's a pen there. I can even do it in bed before I get up. I am going to have these prompts ready to go. So I don't have to go, like, go hunting for prompts. I am going to go to bed a little bit earlier so that I can get up the next morning and create the time to do this. 
I'm going to put a chair right beside my bed. So I don't have to like walk out of the room. I can just sit upright, move to the chair, write it out. Do little things to make this easier for yourself. Why does it matter? Why am I talking to you about journaling? Well, our mind is like a space that has thoughts running rampant. And sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they get stuck in our mind or in our body cellularly, especially if they're stressful or harmful or hurtful. When we write them out, the physical act of writing gets them out of our mind onto paper and somewhere else. Like it gets them out of our system. That clears you. Maybe not completely. You might have to keep writing about it or keep journaling about it. But the act of getting it out begins to release it and it opens the door for releasing of it. So when you're done, you can crumble it up. You can throw it away. You can burn it. You can keep it in the journal, whatever you want to do. But sometimes by like disposing of it of some form is going to help you to fully release it. And that takes us to today's listener question. So what do I have here? I have today's listener question. What are two things I can do to improve my health right now? Simple, easy, no brainer. Get outside more, get outside, no matter the temperature, the weather, whatever, five minutes, get outside as much as you can, at least once a day, preferably first thing in the morning, drink more water, half your body weight in ounces. Our bodies and brains are so tired because we're so underhydrated. Almost all of us, the, the stat is like 80 something. I don't know. It's a high percentage of people who are dehydrated. Drink more water, lots of water. Get outside. Those are your two. You're already just with those things. Start to feel your body loosen, lighten, not so tense, not so tight. Your mental health will improve. To wrap up the show, I'm going to share with you a, a tried at home tip. I have always been a person who is very type A. He's very perfectionistic. And I like to have a goals board. And I used to do this crazy process influenced by a partner to create all these goals, take all these goals and map them out for the whole year. Take the year and map it down into quarters and map it on into months and map it down into weeks. And then every week, write down the things I needed to do to accomplish the micro steps of the goal to get closer to the big goal. In theory of science, like kind of works, like it's sort of like manifestation where you're, it's like in your mind space because you're seeing it and broken down into tiny, tiny little steps helps you to get closer to it. The problem is with some people like myself, there's a lot of shame around, oh, I didn't get it done or all oh, that. That was like, um, we call it a, um, an audacious goal. Like that was way too much for one week. It's just not humanly possible to accomplish that much. So for me, in, I, in an attempt to like reset my nervous system and really align with slowing down my life and putting less pressure on myself and being less perfectionistic in type A, I drop that system. I drop that system because I don't think for someone like me that it's healthy. So what am I doing instead? What's the try to home tip? I do the same general type of system, but instead of doing the whole year, I just pick a quarter. I just pick one quarter, three months in a row, 90 days. It doesn't even need to be a quarter. It could be 90 days. And I write down three things I want to accomplish, like bigger things I want to accomplish in, in 90 days. So for example, one of my things is like build relationships, like build close relationships. That's really something I want to accomplish in the next 90 days. I moved to a new city. I had not done an amazing job of building my, my network and connecting with people. Then I'm going to take that quarterly or 90 day goal. I'm going to drop it down into a month. Okay. What, what's like one little tiny thing I need to do for the month to get closer to that goal. And then I'll write something down for the week. And, and when I write down for the week is like a very simple, accomplishable step. And instead of having like 16 things I need to do and some things that are out of reach, because I only have three goals and maybe I only have two goals and maybe I only have one goal. 
the weekly list and the monthly list are one thing. They're one thing for each goal. So a total of three things. And sometimes on those goals, I put like, wait, like don't move on it. Don't even do anything. Your job right now is just to create the space to like hold and wait and see what comes for you. The other thing is I usually like put numbers to all these things and track the numbers. I don't do that anymore. I just put it on the board and my mind sees it. So my mind is working towards it, but I'm not tracking it. So I don't get disappointed to myself when I don't hit the number each week, each day, each month, whatever. I'm just seeing it and it's moving me closer to it. It's kind of like sort of like a vision board, but not as image heavy. <laughs> but for me, it works really, really well because I'm seeing it, but I'm not shame storming myself or not hitting targets. Targets are flexible. They're lighter. They're easier. They're more fluid. And I like that. That's it for today's episode of Returning to Us Podcast. Don't forget our try to home tip, which is, what are we going to call this? A fluid goals board fluid goals. <laughs> okay. If you are looking for more support in the area of stress, trauma, behavior, the brain for your kids, for your family, or even inside of like a school system, the behavior hub is designed to support those systems. So do a lot of coaching, training programs, some coursework. If you are wanting more support in this area, or you know someone who would like some support in this area, feel free to send them the behavior hubs website. Any contact on there is going to come directly to me where we can schedule a call to see if it's a good fit. And if you want this type of support more at like an organizational level, like within a, a business or a program, a larger program where it's more like trauma, brain-based burnout prevention, like organizational culture, five ives, F-I-V-E-I-V-E-S.com. That is an organization I created with a partner called Jessica name called named Jessica Doring. And we are working together with organizations to support their staff well-being, their staff mental health, their staff retention, their their productivity, mm -hmm. their burnout prevention, because there's a lot of that happening right now. So ping us on there. We'll have a conversation, see if we can support the work that you're doing. Helping people who help people. That's it for today's episode of Returning to Us. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer. And until next episode, thank you for joining me.